Hey everybody, this is author Glenn P. Klinger III, and I want to welcome you to another installment of Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. I've been writing since about 1993, and I've written the NTSB Mystery Series and the Rolling Justice Mystery Series, along with a lot of other different works. And you can check all those out at my website, glennpklingerthe3rd.com. So today I'm going to ask you to think back if you were around at this time, uh, to the date is 1971, November 24th, 1971, in Portland, Oregon. It's raining in Portland, and it's it's an overcast day, like it well, usually is in Portland. Day before Thanksgiving, so a lot of people traveling, I suppose, heading home for the holidays. A gentleman walks up to the Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305 counter and buys a ticket for $18.52. That's a lot cheaper than airline tickets are today. But the funny thing about you know, 1971 is they didn't have security at airports. You could walk up, walk on a plane. You, you didn't even have to show identification. You just gave them a name and they would write out the ticket and you could pay for it and head to wherever you wanted to go. So this gentleman gives the name of Dan Cooper. So he buys a one-way ticket. So he wasn't planning on coming back from Portland to Seattle. The flight left on time. It was a Boeing 727. Cooper sitting in the back. Calmly drinks a couple Berman and sodas. Smokes eight cigarettes, and then he gives the flight attendant a note. Now, she she thinks he's flirting with her. So she doesn't open it right away, and he motions to her to, to open the note, and the note says, I have a bomb. I need you to come over here and sit beside me on this seat. So she gets up, walks over. When she does, he opens the briefcase and shows her what looks to be Sticks of dynamite wired uh, to some type of ignition device. So he's threatening to blow up the plane and all the people on it. And he tells the flight attendant to tell the captain that he wants $200,000 and four parachutes. Now, this stuff didn't usually happen at that time. People hijacking airplanes, it just didn't wasn't a regular occurrence and you've got a rainy night you've got bad weather you've got everything people rushing probably to get home for the holiday and this stuff's going on so she goes to the captain tells the captain and so they tell the passengers look we need to circle because of traffic or whatever so they're circling the airport in seattle to land but they had to circle for a while because it took a little while for Northwest Orient Airlines to come back and say, okay, we will meet your demands and we will pay you $200,000. Now, $200,000 might not seem like you know, a lot of money, but you know, in today's dollars, it's like $1.2 So it's quite a bit of money. So they land in Seattle and the passengers, the other passengers disembarked. They had no idea what was going on. They, they kept everything quiet. 
when they take off, uh, they re they put some fuel in the plane and they go to take off. And this gentleman says, I want you to fly at under 10,000 feet, under 200 knots and head to Mexico City. The pilot comes back and says, I can't make it to Mexico City on the fuel that we have. How about we go to Reno? So the guy says, hey, well, Reno sounds pretty good. We'll go to Reno. So they start heading towards Reno and Cooper tells the flight attendant, well, you can just go on up front with her, with everybody else. Now, you know, they don't know what's going on. They don't know if this guy's going to, going to blow the plane up or, you know, he's obviously jumping, but they don't know if he's going to jump it and do something and blow the plane up after they're gone. So they don't know what to think. They're terrified. So, the captain notices the rear stairwell is being lowered. And on a 727, there's a rear stairwell. I don't know if you've ever seen one that you can just walk up into the plane. It's a pretty neat feature. I think it's one of the only airliners that has that. So um, he lowers it and he's wearing a, a suit, trench coat, uh, penny loafers. So this guy, you know, starts wrapping this money up and she's, you know, the flight attendant stopped before she got the cockpit and was watching. He's wrapping the money up, puts it around his waist, puts on a parachute, then walks out and into, onto the stairwell, 200 knots and jumps out into the night, disappears. Now there's two military chase planes flying loops around this thing trying to keep up but you know they couldn't fly beside it because the thing was flying so slow so they didn't see him he just falls into the darkness and just tumbling in the darkness uh near, out near ariel washington now ariel washington if you've ever been out there it's there's a lot of lakes and tributaries and things out there. there's a lot of water it's a hard jump i mean i don't care how much training you've had Eight o'clock at night, eight p.m. at night, he jumps out, and it's cold. It's cold, and because uh, it's November, and he jumps out in the night, and never to be seen again, just disappeared. And so the the media uh, gets a hold of it, and they nickname this nickname this guy DB Cooper. So the FBI starts looking, and you know they got this preliminary description: white male, six foot one. 170, 175, age, mid-40s, olive complexion, brown eyes, black hair, conventional haircut part on the left. Could be anybody. Could be your dentist. Could be your, you know, accountant or whatever. So this goes on. They have 800 suspects. The FBI has 800 suspects that they start to uh, whittle down and try and see if they can find out who this person is. And Nothing happens until 1980. A boy camping with his family finds $5,800 buried on the banks of Washington's Columbia River. So they match the serial numbers, and that was some of the money from the from DB Cooper's uh, ransom. So they think, okay, you get all these scenarios now. Okay, Cooper jumps out. He um, falls out into the into the night and falls into the water and then once he's in the you know water he drowns and the wa money comes off his waist washes up on shore and it's been there ever since so 
it's kind of funny because, you know, people actually thought that happened. They oh, he drowned. He carried the water, carried him out into the ocean and he's gone forever. Well, in 2020, this guy comes out, his amateur scientist says, well, that didn't happen because he discovered microscopic bits of algae called diatoms on the money that had been dug up in 1980. The diatoms on these bills only bloom in spring. So the bills only had one season of diatoms on them. So that means that the money did not go into the water at the time of Cooper's jump in 1971. It had to be put there later. So they're thinking maybe somebody went back there and buried it and um, left it there so people would think that he had drowned. There was uh, suspects over the years and... You know, you had this guy, Robert Rackstraw, was a military veteran, parachute training, had several brushes with the law. It turns out that, you know, he died in 2019, but he never, that never panned out. 1972, a man named William Floyd McCoy Jr. actually did this, uh, jumped 727, same plane, parachuted out, hijacked it, got some money, uh, but was caught. He ended up being caught. And went to prison, and then when he escaped from prison, he was murdered in a shootout with the police. So, we'll know if that never know if that was the guy. Uh, there was a Kenneth Christensen, a military paratrooper who worked for Northwest Orient Airlines, uh, was put forth as a suspect. But, and the thing that brought him to everybody's attention is shortly after that happened, he was able to pay cash for a, a house. So that's you know a lot of money back then to put out for a for a house. William Smith, another gentleman, died in 2018. He had a military record capable, more than capable of making this jump. But um, turned out he wasn't the one. 2016, they, you know, the FBI put it to bed. They said, we're done with this thing. We can't solve it. You know, we're going to use our resources elsewhere. So, you know, that's what they did. And this is an interesting case. I mean, if you get time, look at it and you know, see if you can figure it out. There's a lot of interesting, there was a 1981 thriller, The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper. There's been documentaries on the History Channel, uh, D.B. Cooper Case Closed, along with BBC and HBO documentaries on this thing. So look at it. You know, there's actually an annual festival every year in Ariel, Washington. You can go out there and catch that if, you're a, if you become really interested in what went on with this. But probably never be solved. D.B. Cooper hijacked uh, Northwest Orient Airlines flight. It's good talking to you. This is author Gwen P. Klinger III. Once again, murders, mysteries, and conspiracies. Till I see you next time. Thank you.